I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Second, seconds, seconds. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Football Ramble. Once again, um, I'm joined by Pretty Pete. Hello. Luscious Luke. Hello. And Jinky James. Or Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Evening. I normally say all right. I yeah, I yeah, I hadn't thought that through, that. Mm, never mind. But um, we're here now. Like so much more of the Ramble. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, let's begin um, with a question. Um... Because of uh, the recent beach ball activity, um, <laughs> perhaps, chaps, you can tell me, what is a memorable goal that you can uh, remember that um, should have been disallowed, but it actually stood? Don't ask me, Mark, because I'm eating a macaroon. So. He is. Oh, that's really, the first one as well. Really that's bright not... macaroons as Somebody's well. It's like you're yeah. eating Play-Doh. I went yeah. for the yellow a macaroon. Cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> I went for the yellow macaroon. That was disgusting. I went for the blue macaroon, thinking that might be better. It wasn't better. Yeah. I had a green the, one. You should have had the white one. But uh, somebody's not worried about Should we do a show while we're here? Um, yeah. uh, go on, Luke. Far away. I've gone for one that... That wasn't a goal that blatantly should have been a goal, and that's Pedro Mendes against Manchester United from the halfway line, mm. which went about 16 miles over the goal line yep. and yeah. still wasn't given. Outrageous. You couldn't think of a goal that, that should have been disallowed. You could have <laughs> even thrown out Maradona against England in desperation. Never heard of him. Well, you will have done by the end <laughs> of the man? Is he a manager or something? <laughs> <laughs> Someone better tell him. Sliding. <laughs> yeah. Sliding. Uh, James, um, back on track with the question. I'm going to go for the, the, the quite recent one. It was last season, I think. It was Reading against Watford. That goal that yeah. just was never a goal. Oh, didn't even oh. cross the line. Didn't even go near the net. Didn't it go to the side of the goal? Yeah, yeah it did. Three yards wide. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was like a, he was like a 23-year-old ref, wasn't yeah. he, who gave it? The linesman told the if you're, ref to give it. If you're applying those sort of rules, three yards wide of the post, then Champions League danger man Pete Donaldson would be a professional hey. footballer. Oh. Oh. What the hell? What's going on? Go all right, Pete. Luke's we're in the middle of the show. today, isn't he? Um, uh, do you want mine? <laughs> Not while we're here. Uh, mine's the Sheffield United um, versus Man City, I think it was. Oh, yeah, I, I yeah, know, yeah, I know it was Man City because they were Man City balloons and it's balloon-related, this one. Uh, <laughs> Chicken order boxes. It was last season and uh, Man City um, supporters had thrown a load of balloons on into the into the 12-yard um, box. That's uh, right, yeah. 12-yard box. box. The 18-yard box. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Into the 6-yard box, even. Yeah. Uh, and that was very confusing <clears> for when, when the Sheffield United fell across the ball. And the and the goalkeeper missed it, and it went in the net. But like, there was lots of balloons around. <laughs> yeah. Is that yeah. kid that threw the beach ball on the pitch going to get killed? <laughs> he might do. They didn't have a minute silence. Luke, Luke's now eating, eating a banana. Yeah. You can. <laughs> I was eating a mar- macaroon off microphone. Luke's yeah. munching. At, you, he can't tell that he's. All right, I've put it down now. It's obviously a bone of contention. It's a banana. Um, <laughs> well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say my one. Um, gentlemen, cast your minds back. 
to the 1958 FA Cup final. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if you've ever seen Well, this. you were just a wee slip of a lad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, when Bolton beat Manchester United, I think it was 2-0, Nat Lofthouse scored. And if you've ever seen it, it's one of the most outrageously poor decisions. The goalkeeper, the ball's in the air, the goalkeeper just catches it, and Nat Lofthouse just shoulder barges him. <laughs> like he's <laughs> trying to break there. down a door. And just smashes him in there. He, doesn't even, touch, he doesn't even touch the ball. That's <laughs> how bad it is. It's shocking. <laughs> if you ever get the chance to see it, um, then please do so. Good old days, that's what I say. Yeah. Yeah. Too much protection. For the keepers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I. W- Actually, something that sort of deserves an honourable James. <laughs> yeah, please, James. Please, by all means. <laughs> I, I gave you the option to carry on, didn't I? No, sorry. That, I was, that, was, that, was, less, that, was, that was less a hand up, more of a, a German policeman stopping traffic. That's <laughs> that, was, that was a loft house <laughs> interruption. Yeah. Go on, fire away, no, but What I think deserves a, an honourable mention is the, the Liverpool goal against uh, Chelsea in the Champions League. Purely because there was this one bloke I knew who, mm. when we were sort of discussing this game, went, well, well, really, it just means Chelsea have qualified for the Champions League final, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> Not really. It doesn't work out that way. <laughs> no, but he his hubris was obviously punished <laughs> in the funniest way. But that yeah. was in though that that Chelsea the Liverpool did not cross the line. It doesn't. Well, it's just who knows. Even now, yeah. who knows? Um, goal line technology. Don't ask Mourinho. You'll be there all day. Yeah. Um, I have definitely won the points this week, <laughs> Luke. You're on minus points. Why? You've We're had last week's taken up because you didn't answer the question properly. It's a, it's a harsh podcast, isn't it? This? <laughs> mm. It's a harsh <laughs> studio today. Forgiving. Yeah. It's like Mad Max. And yet forgiving. Woe betide any casual sort of passers by who poke their head into this studio <laughs> and get taken off yeah, by poke, the Marcus Speller regime. I'll poke their eyes out. <laughs> Damn them. Uh, well, let's let's move on. Um, Can we? And <laughs> to football. Um, yeah, Sunderland, good win against Liverpool, aided by the beach ball. Yeah. Um, Liverpool struggling. Really struggling. They haven't mm. scored in about three games. Well, they've yeah. lost four on the bounce now, haven't they? Mm. But do you think it's it's another thing like Gerard and Torres are injured? On the beach ball thing, though, I know it's, uh, people have looked at it now and said it shouldn't have been a goal because of an outside agent, in quotes. Mm. But does anyone else think, and I'm only putting this out there, should. does anyone else think that it actually m- might have hit Glenn Johnson's it foot as well? Like it did, yeah. Which then, in which case... It's just a deflection. It's, I mean, I know it hit both. It I mean, hit the ball, and Rayner was wanting to save the beach ball. Like. Yeah, he was up for it. Yeah, that was. Yeah. The, I mean, that was the problem, wasn't it? He definitely went for the, for the ball, but I mean, just the wrong one. Oh, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you. I mean, another, another decision that was really poor, in my opinion, that's gone overlooked was the um, the Lancashire derby, Blackburn Burnley. Did you see mm. that? Mm. And um, I think it was Blackburn's second goal where Franco de Santo blatantly shoulder barged yeah. into the keeper. Oh right! And, yeah. and all the all the pundits, all the commentators, and the ref clearly thought it was the, def- uh, the Burnley defender doing it. It wasn't. It was Franco yeah. de Santo, and he, he <laughs> took him out of the game completely. And, and Blackburn scored. But he looks sort of quite small and innocent and childlike. True. He is, he is very. He is very young. Yeah. Gary Alexander's uh, clear. Just on, oh, onto, onto his face. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. He's, he's got away with that, really, because of all yeah. this sort of guffs around in the goalkeeper. Yeah. It was appalling. Yeah, it was bad. Then. It was bad. Um, but Liverpool, yeah, they are, they are struggling. I think, I think you know, they've got a big, big game, obviously, tonight, so we won't know what's happened until until we're done, but obviously Manchester United next week as well. Mm. So. Did you read that um, Manchester United fans are going to be searched for any sort of beach ball-related pranks? <laughs> <laughs> they should be allowed to take as many beach balls in as they want. That's brilliant. Um, how good would it be if the whole pitch was taken up with beach balls? <laughs> it's so funny. Really would be all day trying to dive them all, <laughs> I can't. I can't save them all. But it's really hard to, to find a beach ball on a person, surely. 
Well, oh, you, yeah. could, you, you could would... pop it in anywhere, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, not, they, they would probably have them uh, inflated football fans. Well, I had, I had a story. <laughs> I had a story. I'm not sure if it's true. I hope it is that they those the sat, those beach balls on Liverpool's website have sold out. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, they've sold <laughs> out. They're probably, they're probably all going to be taken to Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'd like, I'd like to think so. Um, unfortunately, Sunderland's um, Lee Catamol's had a, he's injured. He's up uh, out for up to twelve weeks. What's happened to him? Ankle, ankle, I think. Has he hurt his ankle in a shocking challenge on someone else? <laughs> yeah, I always yeah. thought so. He's, he's, had, a, he's, he's had a good, good start. Player, he's, he's, he's been player, massive, though. He yeah. just never stops running that fella. He's, he's a good I'm player. I'm a big fan of Lee Catamull. I am as well. He's a good so player. get well soon, Lee Catamull. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a bit of a nasty streak in him. He's got a nasty streak in him, but he's a good player. He's undoubtedly a good player, though. He's just a curve, isn't he? Sunderland had a good start. He's not a Macken, Pete. He's Middlesbrough, and he's a smoggy, because he started off at Middlesbrough, then went to Wigan, and now he's born in Middlesbrough, yeah. Six million from Wigan. There you oh, are. Steve Bruce. Steve. Still from his own club. <laughs> Steve Bruce is having a good time, though, at Sunderland. He got very uh, angry with uh, Rafa Benitez. Class. And Rafa was kind of, calm down. He was doing the Liverpool calm down, calm down. He was, yeah. <laughs> Class, you can't script that sort of thing. That's brilliant. I think well, you Bruce... can, but it's just very weak script, right? Yeah, true, yeah. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon Steve Bruce is probably quite a likable fella. Nah, I'm not having that. He looks no. like he's got a very soft face. He's he looks jo- like a lesbian. He's a jolly <laughs> apologetic Little man, how do I like him? There you go. Okay, well, well, apologist. I don't know what that means, but excellent. From not not using any bad language. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, United, that's uh, Man United. Manchester United. Man, that's a United. Um, Man U. Uh, (laughs) No, Manchester United, looking a bit shaky at the end of the bottom. United look beatable. Very I, much I, so. I think mm. they do, yeah. And at the same time, though, they, they just seem to have strolled to the top of the table. Well, that's right, sort of yeah. like Just buoyed by the ineptitude of everyone else. I'm just kind of worried that, because of Ferguson's... Uh, he's been hauled up over those comments he made about the referee a few yeah. weeks ago. I think mm. that was yesterday it came out. That may very well galvanise the team. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think people are missing the point about that, because they were saying that they checked... I mean, there was obviously a lot of uh, focus on Alan Wiley yesterday. Oh, sorry, not yesterday, um, Sunday. And um, they were saying, oh, yeah, but he covered all this ground, he ran this... What, but Ferguson wasn't actually saying that. Ferguson wasn't saying he wasn't keeping up with play. What Ferguson was saying was he was taking an awful long time to book players and to give players a talking to because, in Ferguson's opinion, he needed a rest because he was so tired. He was, uh, everyone yeah, seems yeah, to have missed yeah. the point, saying, oh, yeah, but he covers all this ground. That's not what he was saying. Mm. And I think it's a weird one because Ferguson put together like the most... Sort of inept apology I think I've ever written. <laughs> it's an apology where he didn't actually apologise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's got in trouble for it, so it's his own fault. It's funny, he's basically written it as just sort of an insult. Yeah. Just disguised yeah. as an apology. Yeah. Well, that's Ferguson all over, though, isn't it? Hmm. Do you think Defoe's going to apologise for uh, being sent off against Pompey? Good bit, a good bit of play acting there by Makarena. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't normally endorse it, but in, in the case of Jermaine Defoe, I'm all for it. It was a weak stamp. Yeah, fair. it was. Oh, if you're going to do it, do it properly. Oh, yeah, I yeah. like to think if he knew he was going to get sent off, he would. Uh, if he could have his time again, he'd give him a good old one. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe it's a Dan Headbutt or something. Yeah, because that's, that's three games now, Violent Conduct, so he misses the North London derby. But do you think Do you think Defoe's temperament, because Defoe's had problems with temperament before. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because he's a, he's a bit of a nasty little so-and-so. I remember when he bit Mascherano. <laughs> that was odd. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you are, but do you think that will maybe scupper his World Cup chances? Because Capella won't have any of that. Mm. I, think, oh, I don't, I don't yeah. know. Is that a, is that a massive bear? I think if he scores, I think if he's got a bit of a temperament issue, but he scores thirty-five goals this season, he'll be in, on the plane. He won't score thirty-five this season. No, he probably won't. But you know what? I'm, the point I'm trying to make is, yeah, as long sure. as he scores, that's obviously got to be Capello's most um, important sort of um, what would you say yardstick to, me- to me- yeah to measure sure. him. Well, we will talk about England in a bit, but um, 
with with Pompey and Spurs, I mean, uh, Redknapp was quite pleased with his reception down there. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit annoying for me because I'm on the, ra- <laughs> on the radio. Well, the, you were on the, BBC London yeah, radio talking about the day before saying he's going to get treated like shit, and it didn't happen. So, <laughs> cheers, Pompey fans. Um, but um, <laughs> it's almost just a spite. You yeah, know, Luke. probably not because the world doesn't revolve around me. It's, it's weird. It's a weird one because I genuinely think, and, and everyone who knows, anyone who listens to the show knows, I am the most critical person of Pompey going. But I genuinely, I genuinely think that Pompey deserved a draw out of that game. A Gomez played brilliantly. He, he, he had, that was the best performance I've ever seen from him. You know, yeah, he did. Oh, Gomez makes yeah. a fantastic. And if, if Redknapp, I'm not sure if it's to be believed or whether it's just sort of spe- speculation or whatever. But if Redknapp genuinely wants to take David James to, to, to White Hart Lane to replace Gomez, he's crazy. Yeah. Mm. He Crazy because yeah. Gomez played brilliantly, and and that's just the way Pompey's luck's going at the moment. But I mean, yeah, Din- as was, I say, it, was it Dindan, Mister Future? Oh, that was God. <laughs> there were two, yeah. two, two, two in particular were magnificent. One yeah, on <laughs> one was right <laughs> under the crossbar. <laughs> yeah. Someone tweeted into me. I can't remember who it was, so apologies. But they said, "Lukey, what do you reckon of this Dindan? I reckon he's got great potential to be a quality comedy character for Pompey." And I was like, <laughs> "Oh God, Dindan Dom." It's one of those that that chance in particular we put over the bar. Or he put it over the bar. If you were trying to do that, you'd struggle. Oh, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, Getting definitely. the ball yeah, over no, the bar no, from no. that tight an angle. Yeah, definitely. Incredible. I mean, it's like the Ivory Coast has got their very own sort of version of the old couple because he plays up front with uh, Didier Drogba. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so from, from the sublime to the ridiculous. Oh, blimey. Um, Arsenal set a new record. I think he's the most goals um, in the first eight games of the Premiership. Most clueless yeah. fans per square meter. <laughs> <laughs> We're not standing for that, James. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know who said it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird, it's a weird stat, really. Seven first seven games, eight, eight games, eight games. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It is odd, isn't it? It's a weird, like, made-up, insignificant stat. So really, Ameri- it's, 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 a, it's a next step into turning the game into an American sport of all these like statistics and stuff, like well, baseball. Or whatever. Well, let's not it forget they took it off Newcastle. So did, did they? <laughs> that was the that was the. Oh, they were the record before. Ninety-four, ninety-five. It was the ninety-four, ninety-five season, I believe, and uh, they took it off Newcastle. But that excludes the um, ten goals we scored against the Royal Antwerp over two legs, which Does it? is annoying. Because um, if it included that, we would have been far ahead. And we all thought there was no meat left in the bones of the Newcastle United carcass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taking every conceivable record they ever could have owned <laughs> and, and, yeah. and giving it to uh, someone well, else. Well, I would say they've got a new manager, but it's still Chris Hewton. But he's been um, offered the job on a permanent basis. Well, he's doing well, though, isn't he? So, Pete, what do you think? As uh, our representative yeah, well, of the Geordie Nation. I do, <laughs> well, I, I don't <laughs> think that's uh, particularly fair. But I don't think he could. I think it just smacks the Glen Roger again. I think he's all right in the Championship once we, if we can get up. Uh, it'll be a, it'll be a great thing, but I just don't think he can handle it. I, I thought she- Shearer was, was making a few noises. He might be interested. Oh wasn't God! He? Well, yeah, then then do it. You know. What I mean? Yeah, I think for Shearer though, it'd be mental to do it now. Cause and I heard Kevin Keegan yeah. might be dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Keegan. <laughs> I was was I the only one a little bit confused by that because we were at a press conference at the beginning of the season in the summer where Joe Kinnear actually said we were sitting there when he said it yeah. I've been offered the Newcastle United manager's job yeah. and, but I can't take it until because of his health problems and stuff he started but I can't take it till at least November or something and all the journalists that were there were like oh really that's a big scoop or whatever and yeah. it was in the papers yeah, the next massive, day it? it's, it's just big. disappeared now yeah. mm. has he just made that up I reckon Mike Ashley just says whatever's on his mind to people to get them to go away so they can <laughs> get yeah. on with worrying about what he's done with his life yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> talking about odd managers Fen's ruled himself out of the Swedish job. 
He fancied it though, didn't he? He, wa- he wanted to do it at the same time as Notts County, and Notts County said, "Nah, you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> We're paying you a lot of money." For yes. this. Yeah. Sven's going mental, isn't he? He's trying to get loads of jobs at once. Yeah. He's, I think. I think <laughs> if I made sort of doctor statement quite, he's trying to get loads of money. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> necessarily yeah. jobs. I felt. So, I felt sorry. For jobs him. are just a part of that equation. <laughs> I felt a bit sorry for him. Uh, that's just the fastest way to money. <laughs> I felt. I felt a bit sorry for him about the North Korea thing because I'm not even sure if he entertained that, and he yeah. got. He got a lot of stick for that. You know. Oh, it would have been amazing. If I can't was. hate Sven no. because all he cares about is money and women, <laughs> and you got to respect that in a man. It's like George Best, and he's not a bad manager. How he's much is manager. enough, Sven? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> he's not a bad manager. No, you're right. He's not terrible. No. He, didn't, he didn't do too, did the right England. People seem to gloss over the fact that he was actually quite yeah. a good England man. Well, he Wait. made England very, very functional, didn't he? Yeah. And very sort of. Um, I thought you were going to say funky for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Disco ball was going to going to be on the roof at Wembley, but you know it wasn't finished by the time. Well, yeah. They could fun. That'd be amazing. Um, that would be amazing. But no, I mean, he, he basically he ground out results for England. And we, we qualified without any trouble with Sven before. And people forget that mm. England haven't always sort of just automatically qualified for tournaments. Look no. at Grant Taylor, look at, uh, obviously, McLaren. And yeah. Ericsson was steady. And people, people might forget, actually, that he, he used to play Gerald on the left of a diamond in the, mm. in the four sometimes uh, without a fuss. Yeah. It was never really mentioned, and it used to work. Yeah. Because I watched the other, uh, the other sort of week, or however long it was, um, on the TV, that it was the England v Turkey when England won 2 0 at home and Vassell came on. I remember and that, England yeah. were knocking the ball around quite well, actually, yeah, in yeah. periods of that game. And Gerald was on the left side of the diamond kind yeah. of formation. And again, nobody, whereas, whereas now it's kind of, oh, do you play. Gerald on the left, which Capella's kind of well, Capella does something completely sort of in the total no, no, no. He does But what I'm saying is, you know, Sven actually had a decent system. I don't think you could ever sort of say that he. And I know we're not saying that, but I don't think you could ever say that he overachieved. I mean, he, no, he, no. he sort of did what was expected of him. But I think his, uh, if you remember, that a lot of the criticisms that was levelled at him was was that um, well, he listened to the players. Too. He had no plan B for one. And yeah, then we didn't. We didn't. Uh, uh, he says. I mean, if you take um, Japan and Korea in 2002 as an example. Yeah. The, a lot of journalists at the time said he's got no plan B. We don't know what to do when we go ahead. We don't know what to do when we have to change our things, things around and we can't do it. Well, Gareth but, Southgate said that, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, but Sven, uh, Sven Joran Eriksson come back and said, well, all my players are so tired that I can't get them through a 90-minute game, yeah. or let alone 120 minutes, because they've, they've had such a vigorous league season, yeah. they can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. what do you want me to do? I can put them in a different formation if you want, but they won't be able to keep it up. Yeah, but that's the same for everybody. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if it is. I don't know if it's. A, I understand what you're saying, but I just think the Premier League, with its pace and its intensity, and and the fact that England English teams traditionally do quite well in Europe, mm. um, and obviously it's a lot different to how the South American teams kind of works and the African teams. That I just think the pace of the Premier League is the most important, most important thing to remember because they were they were just tired, man. Well, we did we did sort of talk briefly about that on on, on last week's show, but. Um, yeah, I, I know what you're saying. I remember Gareth Southgate said at half time against Brazil when England England won up and then uh, Rivaldo, I think it was, equalised just before half time. Mm. They went to the dressing room and Sven was kind of looking in, into space thinking, right. oh, crap, what do we do here? You know? Yeah. Mm. Um, so, I mean, another thing, just slightly on that sort of slightly different tangent, but stand on England. Um, did you see that, um, obviously, I'm not sure if we've talked about it, I think it was after the last show, that um, David Beckham got the Man of the Match award for England, yeah. which was obviously silly. I mean, yeah. But, you know, have you heard of a, of a Daily Mail uh, journalist called uh, Jeff Powell? He's, mm. he's a sports columnist who's basically dedicated his oh, entire um. career to, to <laughs> trying to dethrone David Beckham. He just hates yeah. him, right? Yeah. He's let it get in the way of everything he's ever written about, <laughs> in, in my opinion. And he's, and the what problem he's, with this country is women having jobs, <laughs> immigrants, 
Yeah. And David Beckham. Come over here. <laughs> Stay in our royal family. Well, well, we'll come to your views in a minute, James. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, you know he said, this is what he said, though. And talk about rewriting history. So he basically held David Beckham personally responsible for, for winning the Man of the Match award, oh, right. which is nothing to do with him. What's he going to say? I don't want it. it. Wasn't it Steve Bruce that gave that Yeah, award? exactly. Which Steve is Bruce said recently, I, can't, I cannot believe the backlash. So yeah. He said, well, it was rubbish. There was nothing happening. Bex came on and every, the whole stadium lightened up. And What's his opinion? Was, don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Karachi took it badly, didn't he? He got absolutely hammered together. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I, know, yeah. I didn't think I'd get do? past you, Joe. Yeah. It's right on it. <laughs> but you know that, um, so Jeff Powell, then, he, on this piece he wrote particularly about Beckham and the Man of the Match Award, <laughs> he goes back to 2002 in the World Cup again yeah, yeah. and basically holds David Beckham personally responsible uh, for England losing to Brazil in, uh, in, the, uh, in the World Cup because he missed a tackle on like, the halfway line. you were going to say that. Can you remember that instant, though, Mark? Yeah, yeah. You better than well, me. he went, he went uh, the, the, I can't remember what happened. The ball was pinging around and it was kind of, it looked as though for, for everybody it was going to roll out of play. And Beckham just went to, to, to jump over the ball to dummy it to go out of play. And the Brazilian slid in behind. I think it was Roberto Carlos, actually. He slid in and kept the ball in quite well. Yeah. And then it was passed to someone in the centre mid and it was passed again and it was played through to Rivaldo and he scored. And people were blaming Beckham, or he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have jumped out of the tackle. Oh, if you read if you read the article as a young person and didn't remember that, um, yeah, I mean, woe betide when he was a Daily Mail after that young. <laughs> if, if you read that and you didn't remember the game, it would it would make. It, in my opinion, it looked like it made out that he was basically at fault. He put Rivaldo through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, it was a funny one because people people saying, "Well, you know, if Beckham wasn't so unfit, or if he wasn't worried about injury, he would have got stuck into that tackle." No, he never. Yeah. The ball looked as though it was going out. Roberto Carlos did really well to yeah. keep that in. David yeah. Beckham is not one to shirk a tackle. No, <laughs> exactly. No, yeah. You can't level that. You can't level. You can't. Well, you can say what you want about Beckham. There's lots of things you can level at him, but his commitment isn't really one. I wouldn't say. No. Yeah. Well, uh, well, let's move on to the World Cup uh, qualification. Obviously, England beat Belarus three 0 but. Uh, Slovakia qualified, mm-hmm. and did you see the game? They were away to Poland, and it was, and they needed to win oh, because it's snowing. Yeah, yeah, it was that, ridiculous. Yeah. The, the conditions were unbelievable. They never would have scored if it wasn't for the snow. Who was right. Pete saying that? I was saying that. Did you say? Yeah, the, yeah, 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 because they they needed to beat Poland in Poland, and because Slovenia were going to beat San Marino, and they needed to better Slovenia's, uh, or sorry, match Slovenia's result. And the, uh, yeah, the, the, the Slovakia won one 0 in Poland, and the ball came in. And the Polish defender, nobody near him, just went to clear it. He slips in the snow and cannons it off <laughs> it into his own net. And they won 1-0. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Got to the World Cup because of that. But fair enough, they, you know, they top the group, they, they deserve it. So, yeah, that's quite something, that um, Slovakia there. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm happy with that. Switzerland as well, I completely forgot they qualified. Yeah, but they tore it up, didn't they? Yeah, really, yeah, really yeah. Well. What, no, about these, um, what about these seedings for these playoffs, then? Oh, it's infuriating. Well. Yeah, yeah, it's, ter- it's terrible, if you ask me. Ireland, of course, got France. Portugal have got Bosnia. Uh, Greece have got Ukraine. And Russia have got Slovenia. I fancy Bosnia to beat Portugal. Especially if Cristiano Ronaldo isn't going to be fit. He, he, I think mm. he is, he's, he's slated in mm. t- for his first game back um, to be the Portuguese game against right, Bosnia. Right. But no, Bosnia are mustard going forward. Speaking so. And speaking of slating, uh, didn't the French manager um, oh, well, yes. off his mouth about Ireland oh, being tossed? No, have that. you heard what he said, though? He said, Dominesh, he said because all the players play in, um, in England. England, in England, they're like an England B, and he also said that um, mm. a lot of uh, lot of the tickets for the game are going to go really, really quickly because the British are very passionate like that. Oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> There's a glaring <laughs> error there, so Raymond. He's, he's, he's <laughs> called the Irish football team an, an England B team, and then he's called the Irish people British. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think Ireland will be more up for that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about motivation. Yeah, yeah. Trapattoni's kind of like, oh, <laughs> whenever he's I done th- my job. <laughs> whenever I think of uh, Dominic, I always think of like him in a big pair of clown shoes, and he always... Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I see what you mean there. Um, yeah, so that, that the European players, and then um, of course in the uh, the Americas, uh, Costa Rica are going to play Uruguay. Zach from Michigan will be cheering on the Ticos yeah, yeah, of Costa Rica, yeah. Uruguay. Um, yeah, we we were talking last week, of course, about Argentina beating Peru, and then they were playing Uruguay in this huge game, which of course it was, but very very disappointing. It was a damp yeah. squib, wasn't it? Was. Oh, it's, it, was a, it was a real shame. Yeah. Real shame. Um, in my opinion, Uruguay bottled that. Absolutely. It's, it's a, was it, mate, Marcus, you're right, it was a, such a terrible shame. They didn't look motivated. Mm. It's really odd. It looked like a friendly or something. Can you imagine being <laughs> Uruguayan in that stadium thinking, mm. right, we're against a team we hate, we've got to win, this is for a World Cup place. What more do you want, guys? Diego Forlan, or Luis Suarez, is a brilliant striker. He plays for Ajax, scored yeah. a load of goals. He's got a hat for this season. He's got about 12 or 13 in about nine games. Mm. Diego Forlan, lest we forget, I think I'm right in saying European Golden Boot winner last season. Mm. He's won it twice, has he? Yeah. Won? yeah. Has he won uh, it twice? Against those two up front, against a, 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 a shoddy Argentinian defence. Oh. But they just look so isolated from the first. Yeah. I mean, they had about the first five or ten minutes, they looked okay. Mm. Um, and, and Suarez was obviously chasing everything down like he does. And then, do you remember that... Um, the keeper for Argentina, I forget his name now. What's his name? Plays for Alkmaar. Yeah, I know uh, the Romero. One. Yeah, yeah. He went to clear one. Suarez, I think it was, closed it down. And the ball went flying back behind him, but it just went wide. And I thought, hang on, we've got a game on here. Yeah. And it just completely fizzled out. No, and obviously, it, Argentina scored. It was a shame, but what the match lacked, the uh, press conference made up for. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, um, Maradona, of course, was... Uh, how did he begin? And he kind of just looked... Now, nobody likes a bad winner. But I think, I think, <laughs> I think if, if Maradona had kind of sat down and gone, yeah... Have some of that, boys, eh? Yeah. We've qualified under me. You slap... No, didn't... didn't, didn't well, if I, if I was not that approach. I'd, obviously, I, you know, no-one knows what goes on in his mind. But he could have just said something... I think I'm right in saying that that's the first time Argentina have won in Montevideo. Well, it's the first time oh, in a yeah. very long time. Yeah. So he'd just say that. Yeah. Speak uh, for yourself. He didn't, he didn't need to... Um, he didn't need to, to s- tell the press to keep taking it up the arse. I mean, was it wasn't, wasn't that the first thing? Mm. Wasn't that oh, the was, very first thing? Oh, you lot taking up the arse. Yeah, it was quite Jokinir-esque. As I say, it was Jokinir. To be fair, though, guys, Maradona has always been like this. He used to say things like this when he was a player. It's, no, no, it's not anything true. new, is it? Although, although actually, now he's learnt to apologise to the women. Because <laughs> he sort of said, well, uh, with the exception to the women, you lot keep... Uh, you I lot think it's an improvement because this time <laughs> ten years ago he was shooting journalists with an air rifle. <laughs> <laughs> so at least, he's, at least he's not resorted to violence. Yeah, very, well, very true. <laughs> Maybe we should give him a bit of praise there. But yeah, I, it was one journalist he singled out and he went, oh, you've been writing some beer? Yeah, keep sucking. <laughs> <laughs> and then FIFA have, um, <laughs> FIFA have said uh, that they're going to investigate it. I don't see what there FIFA is to... FIFA have in- said a lot of things. I don't yeah, see what exactly, there is to yeah. investigate. Yeah. But, um, but um, Maradona, he's refused to apologise, of course. He says, I have apologised to the ladies, to my mother, and all the women who were watching, but to nobody else, because I don't feel I have to apologise to them. Um, and he added... You can he, take it, you're all men. Well, he said that he's never... He said that, you know, because the media say, well, you're meant to be a role model. And he says, well, I've never been seen as a role model. Of course you haven't, Diego. You only won the World Cup single-handedly. Yeah, um, so and, to speak. So to speak. Yeah. Uh, he said that we have many terrible things in this country, Dead people every day, thefts, more poor people every day. Nobody speaks about that. I'm not a role model. Parents should be role models. I don't want kids in this country to make me as an example to follow. I think we can all agree on that. Um, (laughs) What what happened in the press conference was my way of releasing some steam. I like that he says we have more poor people every day, like they're just appearing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Some sort of zombie plague of poor people. Uh, So it's like they don't uh, don't talk about that. Well, not in a football press conference, they don't. No, 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 no. exactly. (laughs) They don't talk about dead people. That's their escapism. People are dying. We might have lost. 
Yeah. I've nearly lost in Peru. Football, but... Football's escapism, Diego. Yeah. Don't keep reminding them. Um, so, yeah, he's got mental... An Argentinian think... friend of mine, she said that, like, people are quite deeply embarrassed by this because they're a bit of a laughing stock. I think mm. there is a difference between, sort of, one end of the scale being a role model, on the other end of the scale being, like, horrifically offensive to the world's media. <laughs> <laughs> There is a middle ground. There's yeah. a middle ground. You don't have to, It's not one or the other. It's not know? binary, is it? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, as I say, FIFA are going to um, look into that. That uh, means you're just going to have a big lunch and talk about it. Yeah. Well, that, that, that means nothing. Well, did you see what Diego <laughs> did? <laughs> Diego will be there. Yeah. <laughs> doing keepy-ups. Yeah, well... Um, it's no, doing dives. Klinsman dives. <laughs> into Warner's mashed potato. On a, on a, on a specially <laughs> greased bowling lane. <laughs> It'd be like a cool gesture. Ward will be going, hey, bring on the next one. I'm yeah. not entertained by this. <laughs> um, but apparently, sticking with FIFA, apparently um, Sepp, uh, that's Sepp Blatter, he's going for re-election in 2011. It's not even news. We all knew he was going to do that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why would yeah. he ever quit? I've <laughs> no reason to. Are you saying he's on to a good eating thing? himself to death. <laughs> Why would he ever quit? Um, <laughs> They'll drag him out of their feet first. I tell you what, <laughs> Andrew Jennings isn't going to stand for that. If anybody hasn't, doesn't know Andrew Jennings, he, he's a real thorn in FIFA's side. He writes, uh, he's written um, uh, The Beautiful Bung. Or was that a documentary? No, he wrote Foul, didn't he? He wrote Foul, there was yeah. The Beautiful Bung, but that might have been a documentary. He's, he's, he's brilliant. He, um, he, could, he, he once got racially abused by Jack Warner. He did, yeah. I've yeah, yeah, seen yeah. the video, that was yeah. disgraceful. Yeah, well, Jack Warner is a disgrace. But um, yeah, yeah, have a read of Andrew Jennings, brilliant stuff. Yeah. Well, we're off to the continent now, um, the and continent. Uh, we're off to Europe. <laughs> Europe, um, Europe, and <laughs> and we've got to go straight to Italy because um, Dejan Stankovic scored an absolute peach on the on the volley first for Inter time, yeah. from yeah. the halfway line uh, against Genoa because the keeper kind of kicked it out. And Not boy, really he well. did kick it out. There's and, no two ways about it. And Stankovic sort of. Kicked it back and said, "Have that." Yeah, but it literally straight away on the on the fall. They they beat them five nil at Genoa. We've got a really good mm. home record. Yeah, yeah, check that out on YouTube if you haven't seen it. It's, it's a great clip. Um, Daryl from the offside uh, notably made a really good point. It's like a you've got to get your keeper to kick correctly. Yeah, yeah. and also it was like Stankovic was um, like a, a piano teacher. And um, the goalkeeper was the piano student, and uh, he played the wrong key, and he wrapped him across the knuckles with a ruler. Went no, <laughs> kick it right, or I will do that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you see what the keeper did afterwards? Though, once he'd accepted the ball was going in, he just sort of jumped onto the crossbar oh, and just swung yeah, up and down on it. <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah, if I do a circus party piece, they'll never notice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and also in Italy, um, it's pretty much a done deal, I think, that, that D-Beck is going back to Milan. Woo! Yeah, D-Beck. I think we're all over the moon about yeah. that. Mm, yeah, like yeah. He's, got, he's got to go back there and save the day. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're struggling. They turned yeah. Roma over. They were one or down. They won 2-1. Oh, actually, they did have a good result. Yeah, but they? Leonardo's still massively under pressure. Mm. Yeah, yeah, massively yeah. Under pressure. Well, you get the big man in. England's man of the match. Perfect side for him, really, considering they'd love to have quite ageing players. Oh, it's God, a really yeah. good fit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right, yeah. Yeah, it's probably a, a, a more fitting side for him than the Galaxy, one might say. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe. In, I'd uh, say having a kick around down the park. Bit of a volley. Turning out for the ramble. Yeah. If you listen, David. Retiring. Exactly. Would he get in the side, though? Yes. We've got some good right-sided players, you Well, know. Pete, that's Pete, yeah, I play, I play right wing, so, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, maybe he would be right back. Maybe, yeah, D back for right backs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Take that, D mail. Yeah. <laughs> D mail, yeah. In Spain, uh, Raul has broken the, the club's all time appearance record. Um, yeah. 711, is it? Yeah, it was, yeah, he scored a couple of goals as well against uh, Valod, uh, Valadolid. Valadolid. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and Barca drew 0 0 with Valencia. Mm. That's the first points they've dropped, I think. Valencia's doing well, though, to be fair, so it's not. Mm. 
Deportivo and uh, La Coruña are doing quite well, actually. I'll tell you, you're doing terrible. Tell us. Villarreal. And Atletico. Yeah, Atletico are doing poor side. Yeah, actually, Atletico look ridiculous. They got properly turned over by Osasuna the other day, and Osasuna were like the Bolton of La Liga. They are a bit, I suppose. But of course, Barcelona. Barcelona's Lionel Messi has been tipped by Cristiano Ronaldo as well as many as as well as many others to win the probably sarcasm from Ronaldo. Yeah, to win the Ballon d'Or. Two thousand nine Ballon d'Or. Have you seen the, the list of nominees? Who do you fancy? It's, not, it's a very big short list. I'm not even sure yeah, it can be called. It's, it's, it's 30, 30, 30 names. Don't they, 30 30 names, I think, don't they yeah. cut it down again a bit later on? We well, hope so. Do you know? I'd, I'd love it though if, if I, th- I mean, I think if Messi won it, nobody could ever. I think um, Messi's got to win it. Yeah, yeah but I'd, I'd love, like, say, Andres Iniesta to win it. Oh yeah, that's not mm. bad. I'll, I'll, I'll be or Chavi. Or John yeah, Terry, because he's on the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's on the list, so he's got a chance, but I, I why don't is, think... Why is um, Casillas? I was reading this so long. Casillas? Do you mean Casillas? Casillas. Why is Casillas? I read it in my brain, and then uh, Casillas. It comes out on John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nuts. Forget it. No, 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 no. Why is he on the list? Because he's, he's a good. goalkeeper. And he's, he's brilliant. He's good. Yeah, but he's not, yeah, but he still conceded lots of goals last season. He's, he, he conceded fifty toes. I, I don't think he's as good as Julio Cesar. The, the, the aforementioned Osasuna, well. uh, they let in forty-seven. So is that true? Yeah, it's a good fact. Bloody and they finished fourteenth. You've, res- you've rescued that. Yeah, with knowledge. <laughs> that. Well done, Pete. Yeah. And I pronounced Osasuna correctly. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah. Osasuna, yeah. your little, <laughs> your little rescuer. Um, I think Casillas is, is a very good player and deserves to be on that list. But I may be save he made the other day at Sevilla. Incredible. But I would rate yeah. Julio Cesar higher than him though. I think Julio Cesar. That doesn't mean to say he shouldn't be on the list. And that's been for some time. You know, I rate Andres Iniesta higher than Brian Giggs, but Giggs is on the list. But Giggs has had a good season. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a very. Well, he's long had a good year. So does Craig Bellamy. I think he should be on the list. Yeah. Well, no, but if, only if, if, it's only, last season, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, only reason. Well, it's two thousand. Boys, David Nugent. <laughs> Those goals against Bur- those goals for Burnley didn't score, didn't score themselves, did they? I, I think it was probably. I think it was too little, too late. Was it? Yeah. Shame. I bet he was thinking that at the time. But, as if well. it, but he's making the right movements for the 2010. Yeah, he's exactly. Ballon d'Or. Yeah. So come on, who do you, who do you fancy, Pete, for the Ballon d'Or? Oh, Casillas. <laughs> yeah, you're having him definitely. Luke, who do I think will win it, or who do I want to win it? Uh, you can answer both. I questions. think Messi will win it, and yep. I'd, I'd like to see. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice if someone at Iniesta got the, got the credit, I think, yeah. Yeah, go on. And James? Well, I, th- I think it's got to be Messi, to be fair. He has been the standout player. Really? And he was obviously superb in the Champions League final, and he was such a sort of important influence of Barcelona in the past 12 months. I agree with that. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Zlatan Ibrahimovic win it, just to uh, fuel my personal vendetta mm. against Paul Hayward of the Reserva, <laughs> who, who hates him. <laughs> Excellent. I, I would like to see Xavi or Iniesta win it myself. And I think one of them will. Damn it all. Do you? Are you bit your neck out, yeah? yeah Fair enough. enough. Or uh, Frank Lampard. On our website, of course, you can have a look at what our correspondent Jim Lovetoy thinks about the Ballon d'Or. He goes through all the all the players and gives his viewpoints. So uh, check that out on our website, thefootballramble.com. Emails. It is emails. <laughs> James. I've got one from Ben Thomas in Paris. All right there, Ramblers. Ho! 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 I hope this email finds you all well. I'm a North Londoner who has spent the last year or so living and working in Paris. I oh, took yeah. advantage last week of the 10-year offer at the Stade de France to watch the national team play Austria in the hope that we might see a glimmer of quality somewhere. In which case, it should be a high not what I was going to say. Yeah. Oh, yes. 
Uh, now, it's well known that Raymond Domenech is a pretty unpopular guy, whoever you ask, but it wasn't until the day last week I really understood how much France loathes its national manager. The simple fact that I was able to pick up a decent seat for a tenner goes to show that the country has turned its back on the team. It wasn't because this match was the final dead group game that the tickets were so cheap. They've had them for every home match throughout the ground, yet they still can't fill the stadium for even their biggest matches. That's the team bad. is playing poorly and the media are on their back. Benzema said recently he can't find the motivation to play for the national team. All this came together when the French coach's image was being into the stadium on the big screen and the crowd made more noise than even when France scored any of their three goals. The venom directed towards Domenech was incredible. It was so bad the camera stayed away from him the rest of the match. I wondered if any of you Ramblers had an opinion on who the most unpopular international coach of all time was. Steve McLaren. Raymond Domenech. Yeah. Well, I think Domenech is genuinely putting a, like, a sort of a bid in for that title. Yeah. He's yeah. been there for ages now. Maradona's pretty unpopular with the press. Do you remember when he pr- proposed to his missus, Yeah, well, he, he does this thing, doesn't he, where he doesn't talk about football after the game if it's gone well, and it generally hasn't gone well because he's him coaching a team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It's, it's incredible that that man took a team to the World Cup final. Yeah. It is. And he's, he's slightly <laughs> been dining out on that ever since. I, I'd say McLaren pr- was pretty unpopular. Graham yeah. Taylor, Graham was, Taylor was, was, was well, yeah, yeah, Taylor was very unpopular. Mm. Bertie votes? Yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. I've uh, got the next email. Ramble chaps. Last week I attended an evening um, at Blackburn Rovers with uh, David Dunn and Craig Hignett in advance of the tasty Lancashire hot pot. Well done, Rovers. <laughs> um, Thank you, Misa Derby. Is that what they call it, a Lancashire <coughs> hot pot? Well, <laughs> the night was a chance to hear some stories and gossip from uh, Dunn and Hignett about their footballing careers. Craig Hignett was in particular funny form and told some cracking stories about his time at Middlesbrough when he roomed with none other than Paul Gascoigne. Mm, nice. Um, Craig <laughs> Hignett explained how on a regular occasion, Gazza would walk into the Middlesbrough cafeteria, bollock naked, whip his cock onto a plate and ask the dinner ladies for beans with his sausage. What a legend <laughs> to keep up the great ramble, lads. Chris the Blackburn fan. I mean, that's weird enough, but that was that, that was a regular <laughs> thing. Yeah, yeah, this is what he does. There was, there was an old man that used to work at a friend's um, oh. factory uh, that used to uh, <laughs> amuse the, 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 old ga- the old girls that used to work there. Um, he used to have, like, a little trolley and used to push, like, little treats around for the girls and stuff. Yeah. Always used to have, like, a... Have a um, a little towel. Oh yeah. <laughs> you used to lift it up. Who wants this, ladies? Like, yeah. Did he used to do that? Yeah, he used to get his in a factory. And he kept his job. And he kept his job. <laughs> Can you it's imagine? The North Luke. Can you imagine doing that? Can you imagine someone walking around the factory with a trolley with sweets in it? <laughs> that's, that's bad enough. He must have been the tea man, I assume. I, yeah. think, yeah. I think he was on a voluntary basis. My favourite Gascoigne at Middlesbrough story is when he used to him and Paul Merson oh, yeah. take sleeping pills so you could stay awake longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually what he used to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Rich, no, no. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Excellent, Pete. You've got the uh, final email. Yeah, it's, it's a biggie, but it's a goodie, Marcus. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm you say to all the boys, this Pete. Is, um, on me trolley. <laughs> this, is, this is from uh, Jean Pablo Thompson. All right, Ramblers, I'm the right back and just been made captain for a Goths-only football team Ooh, who play brilliant. twice a year in Whitby, North Yorkshire. I'm the, ca- <laughs> I'm the captain, although I am the team's only non-Goth, mind you. I thought it was a Goths-only team. I know. Yeah. Well, do, like, they, do they recruit other Goths by just biting people? Unbelievable. <laughs> That's <laughs> vampires. Come on, now, yeah, yeah, come on, come come on, on. now. Come Wait, on. but the Goths are on our side. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Basically, a Goth festival, Whitby Gothic Weekend, occurs there in April and October, a place where seemingly ordinary people get dressed up like Victorian city gents, half-men, half-machine cyber-disco warriors, and the occasional <laughs> unconvincing tranny. Was this on the culture show? It was, yes, it was. Yes, really? it was. Can we go? Show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that. 
Read on. I will do. Uh, a few years ago, some of the men thought of having a game of football, and the local newspaper agreed on it. So, an 11 aside game was set up between Real Gothic and oh. Atletico Gazette. I wasn't. At, <laughs> I wasn't at the game. I, I wasn't at that game, but I've heard rumours that the keeper wore fishnets, and our centre mid wore what can only be described as big f off boots. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> um, what Joey Barton? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As with most sports, goth football has evolved. We now take our makeup off before heading out <laughs> onto the pitch. The games are played at Unibond League Club, Whitby Town's mm. Turnbull Ground. The arrangement was that we could play our games in, in the ground in return for us bringing roughly around 250-plus goths with us to feast on beer <laughs> and pork scratchings in the concession stand. Yeah. They, uh, they recently had a 500-seater stand built, <laughs> and the chairman thanked us for bringing in more money to make it possible. Yes, that's right, goths oh. are doing more for grassroots than the FA. That's oh, amazing. That absolutely. Superb. The majority of our biannual games consist of us playing the local newspaper journals. We've won just twice in 11 ga- matches. Uh, one of these was a 3-1 victory, and that was only because former Newcastle and Coventry FA Cup winning captain Brian Kilkline was playing for us. <laughs> That's amazing. He was he was at the Goth Festival with his Gothic misses and, as, and was asked to play. He did, and uh, notably told the ref to F off when he asked Brian to put on some shin pads. I never wore them playing for Coventry, and I won't wear them now, was the reply. <laughs> oh, my God. He had an amazing moustache, Brian <laughs> <laughs> they've started uh, after the famous 4-3 victory they've started doing scarves programmes beanie hats off official replica shirts and even have a song recorded Weird Emotion can they send it? us one of these shirts yeah, <laughs> possibly please uh, Weird Emotion takes uh, takes on the World in Motion song oh, and really? adds, adds oh, lyrics. I like that. but uh, he, he does the John Barnes rap uh, John Pablo Thompson who's writing the email except they sing depress yourself of the express yourself <laughs> oh, oh, that is basically good. this uh, email is a plug Anyone near Whitby Town, North Yorkshire, on Sunday the 1st of November around 2pm, come down, all money's on the door, go to a host of charities, and so do our match fees. We've got a fan group on Facebook, so check us out and buy a shirt and stuff. Come on, you goths. Let's get out there. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Keep good up stuff. the good work, Ramblers. Yeah. Friend Thanks. of goths, the Ramble. Yes. Keep yep. up your good work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's indeed. all about them, that email. Well, where's the uh, the championship manager goodie bag going? I think I know. Um, it's definitely going to... Do they do it in black? Yeah, it's in black, yeah. <laughs> they do now. <laughs> The goss, gotta get it. Yeah. There's a glass in there you can drink your favourite cider and black. That's what <laughs> goss drink. Yeah. <laughs> sure, actually. Uh, funny stories. <laughs> We're all actually chasing each other around the studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, naked. No, oh, no, just I'm just naked. Joe guessed it. <laughs> uh, Luke? Uh, yeah. You got one for us. Yeah. Well, go, give us it. Going to Bulgaria. Seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, your Bulgarian third division match oh. was abandoned after only four minutes <laughs> with injuries left an already depleted team with only six players on the pitch. Home side Gigante Belene yeah. began their highly anticipated clash with Chavdar Bayala Slatina oh. on Sunday with only eight players saying they were unable to field a full lineup due to numerous injuries and suspensions. It's a recipe for disaster. Gigante, second in the, in the standings before the match, were quickly reduced to six after two players sustained injuries, <laughs> leaving referee Stoyan Denev no choice but to abandon the game. No. Teams have to field at least seven players according to the rules. Visiting Chavdar were awarded a 3-0 victory for the shortest soccer match played in the in a Balkan country, according to local statisticians. <laughs> <laughs> for, I mean, four minutes. Yeah, yeah. How <laughs> ruined? How did they get Vinnie injured Vinnie Jones so was definitely playing. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Must be very hard ground, I'm thinking. How, how did mm. they get such... Injuries. I've, I've no idea. Um, <laughs> a, a, another one. Another Tell funny me. story, please. This one's something that's happened in Brazil. 
This oh. is just unbelievable. Um, We're off there again. Going into the last day of the Maranhão State League second division season in Brazil, two clubs sat atop the league with the same number of points, Viana and Motor Club. A tie. On this decisive day, Viana hosted Chapadinha, a club that had a schoolish draw with them the last time they played, and Motor Club took on Santa Quiteria. Both games were scheduled to take place at exactly the same time, and both Viana and Moto needed a win to take the league title. It is poised, boys. Delicately poised. Yep. Everything went like normal until word reached Viana, um, who were 2-0 up on Chapadinha 35 minutes in the sec- into the second half, that Moto Club were winning their match as well. Chapadinha players then began to walk off the pitch what? as Viana proceeded to score nine goals in the final nine minutes of the match to win 11-0. Conspiracy. Mm. Meanwhile, Moto Club were getting paranoid that their 2-0 lead wouldn't be enough. Despite being a man down, they somehow managed to earn three penalties after the (laughs) 82nd minute mark, the last of which they missed, leaving them with a 5-1 win. After the matches, Viana President Jose Carlos Costa tried to pretend like he didn't just organise the most blatant attempt at cheating ever. (laughs) The result was normal. As Chepardinha took the third and fourth goal and was no longer able to win, they gave up. The president of the Football Federation of Maranhao, however, was not buying it. I'm suggesting someone's trying to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think it was a scandal, it's certainly that. It is something that comes to disgrace Maranhao football. We all know that under normal circumstances, the Chapadinha wouldn't lose like that. I've seen a bit of that, um, one of those games on YouTube, and it is utterly ridiculous. Mm. It's, well, it, it will be, won't it? It's laughable. Brazilian it's... second division football, it's going to <laughs> yeah. be mental. Yeah. But I mean, I can't, you can't, it's kind of cropped out, you can't really see whether anybody's watching it, but... I mean, some they must have been going mental. The people. I mean, especially. I mean, it's top of the league, isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, lots it's... of people must be watching it in but the ground. It's almost like they're not even. You know what we talk about when we talk about match fixing and cheating in the past? It's like, don't like fix a game to be like 35 yeah. nil. Like, fix it so it's like 2 1. So then you'll get away with it if, if you, you fixed it. Sort of and you need or to just score... don't fix it at all. Well, yeah. if, if you need to score nine goals, that's unfixable. Fix it earlier. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You see it coming. The horse is already bolted. Ask that statistician yeah, exactly. to get on it in Bolivia, wherever he was. Yeah, that, I mean, that's just a few ramble techniques on how to f- throw a game. Ladies and gentlemen, it's profile time. Um, God, that was smooth. Yeah, wasn't it just? Was nice, yeah. Wasn't it just? Enjoyed that. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you've known the Dean Mendes Hall of Fame is packed full of footballing talent. <laughs> um, and Barry Davis in the Cup Winners' Cup. And yeah. Barry Davis in the Cup Winners' Cup. Um, Dion Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Sorry. So, but as far as I'm aware, they've all just been sat around listening to Barry Davis. They have. They don't have anywhere to play. Yeah. So this profile is all about the Estadio Azteca. Oh, in Mexico the, City. The Azteca Stadium in Mexico City. What? Yes. <laughs> What's next? A ball? You're going to do a ball next week? <laughs> oh, the good mitre, The Mitre Delta. Yeah. 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 Tango. A pitch, perhaps? Yeah. <laughs> We've got a pitch inside the stadium. Yeah, okay. And if I it. decide to do a ball, well, then we'll do a bloody ball. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> if I may take you to school. So hang on, are all the players oh, naked? <laughs> I have got a kit. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to go on all day. Just crack on. <laughs> Just ignore us, Marcus. Yeah. I usually do. Um, it is the official home of the Mexican national football team and the Mexican team Club America. Um, but the uh, Azteca Stadium has been uh, the backdrop of some of uh, World Cup's most unforgettable moments. I think mm. I think we'll all agree. But there's been two World Cups, hasn't there? It's the only 86. stadium. Thank you for jumping ahead. It's Sorry, the man. only stadium to have hosted two World Cup finals. So I'm um, having that. Good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it uh, and it opened on uh, May 29th, 1966. Oh, just one year before the Summer of Love. There you go. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm glad we got that in. Yeah. I was wondering what that was. Yeah. It won the cement race, didn't it, Mark? <laughs> hey! <laughs> <Yeah>. Marvellous. <laughs> Marvellous. Um, in jokes are the best jokes. They are. Uh, it has um, a current capacity of 105,000, but original capacity of 114,000. Um, Fifth I mean, biggest stadium in the world by, t- by capacity, Mark? I, I, I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah. We'll go with that. The opening game at the Azteca Stadium was between Club America and uh, Torino FC. That was on uh, in, in 1966, um, and there was 107,000 at that game for the for the, <laughs> for the two all draw. And the first night game um, was on on June the fifth between uh, Valencia FC and uh, let me get the pronunciation right. Necaxa, Necaxa, Necaxa. Thank mm. you. When the final score was three one in favour of uh, Valencia. CF, sorry, not FC, Valencia CF. Uh, and there is uh, a plaque with the names of the first goal scorer in the first daylight match and in the first night game on the side of the stadium. Amazing. Good quality, if you, you, that was you. Was it Carnu? Uh, it wasn't Carnu. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, Roger Mir. No, it was... Carnu uh, <laughs> was past his best at that Yeah, time. exactly. He's on the bench. Carnu yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was player manager. Um, the first goal was scored um, by a Brazilian called Arlindo dos Santos Cruz. Mm. Now, if you're going to get a plaque on there, it's good that a name like that is on there. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, uh, and then the first goal um, scored at uh, night was by the Honduran uh, Jose Cardona. So um, no Mexicans had scored at that point. But uh, but if we move on to the to the real stuff, it was um, it was where Pele and Brazil in 1970 won 4-1 uh, against Italy in that memorable World Cup final with the yeah. fabulous goal to end it by uh, Carlos Alberto and all the games obviously leading up to that and of course Diego Maradona we, when he uh, took England apart yeah because the quarter final was at the Azteca wasn't it it was well? yeah, yeah, yeah it was uh, yeah when he when Diego Maradona's Argentina beat England and then won uh, against Germany in the final 3-2. So, and and uh, it's so, so many iconic moments. It's such yeah. an amazing stadium. It is absolute. I've not been there, but on the, the telly, pictures are just it unreal. Absolutely mm. massive. But it's funny because because we don't see you know that stadium much nowadays. Because I mean you know Mexico hardly play on the telly. They're not in this country. Well, that's anyway. why that's why it went down from one hundred forty thousand to what it is now because it had to be adapted, didn't it, for yeah. for but, um, safety reasons sure. and stuff like but that. But what I'm saying is because the World Cup hasn't been there since '86 and we don't see games from from Mexico. Yeah. We, the only images we have really. Um, from then, yeah. from the seventy World Cup and the eighty six, and and yeah. those two World Cups were unbelievable. Some mm. of the stuff that went on, and they're iconic, aren't they? When you got well, absolutely, you've got, you know, you got the the, the nineteen seventy Brazil side, you got Pele. You've well, got, that, yeah. even that celebration when when uh, when Pele and uh, I forget who that other one is when they kind of embraced. Jarzinho, he scored in every yeah, game. Jarzinho, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he scored in every round in that. And obviously, eighty six is the um, is the the big one, for, especially if you're English. Didn't yes, they, of course, yeah. Didn't they only get the 86 World Cup because someone else couldn't do it? Yeah, couldn't put it on. No, I'm no, not quite right. sure. And the final, um, you know, the 1970 World Cup was the final time we saw the Jules Ramey trophy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, that, and, that, and that was in that stadium. The, the stadium has also um, held, uh, like, the, the Copa Libertadores um, final. Um, slightly going off from football, it's also had performances from Michael Jackson, Elton John, Gloria Restefan, Lenny Kravitz, Ensink, Hanson, and the three <laughs> tenors. How have Hanson and Lenny Kravitz got in there? Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not surprised you picked up Hanson <laughs> on that. I thought you would have gone for NSYNC over Lenny Kravitz. Yeah, yeah, massive. Were massive. Yeah. Lenny Kravitz. Why is he called Lenny Kravitz as well? <laughs> that sounds like a Woody Allen character. <laughs> Do you know, we've got, um, uh, you know, Big Dan B. 
yeah, yeah. long time listener, Big Danby. He was he used to be a mobile disco. Is that the right? Is that right? <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. a transformer. <laughs> he used the, to run the, the mobile disco in, to be working in the same way that on Sky News you were a podcast. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. Um, still am. Um, and and he he said once he was he was a bit drunk once and he was saying to me, I can uh, any oh, I know that you got to know your audience, got to know your audience what to play. <laughs> I can t- as soon as people walk in the room, I can tell what they want. And he said and he said to me, he said to me the one thing right. Whether it be young, old, you know, no matter what class, no matter what ethnic background they're from, the one thing everybody likes, and I'm thinking, Jacko, Beatles, James Brown. Hey, yeah, Jude. Yeah, he goes, Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> <laughs> Lenny Kravitz live from the Azteca Stadium. <laughs> so, so, you know, maybe he got there on Big Dan B's recommendation, I don't know. But um, it also held the 68 Summer Olympics, of course, the two World Cup finals. FIFA World Youth Championship in 1983 and the Confederations Cup in, in, uh, in 1999. And it also uh, another game that was another very famous game that was played there was the the, the match that was dubbed match of the century. Mm. Oh yeah, which was uh, Italy Germany. versus West Germany, which we talked about in Franz Beckenbauer's the four three the four three because it was uh, after ninety minutes it was one apiece, and they said the the semi finals extra time period was just mayhem. Yeah, absolute oh, mayhem. I mean, it was it was one all, so there was five, five goals, five goals in extra time in half hour. Yeah, I mean, you did the math. Well, I, I have. <laughs> That's what every second <laughs> And uh, Good. Thanks. Better. Um, uh, Gerd Muller was on the score sheet and... Uh and uh, Rivera, who scored the winner, and uh, and and there's, there is a plaque outside the stadium again saying the game of the century was was held here, and there is also a, bro- a bronze plaque of Maradona's goal of the century. So we've had the game of the century and the goal of the century at this stadium, <laughs> and they like the plaques. Oh yeah, so oh, yeah. Uh, you know maybe we can get a ramble one up there when we do the ramble in the Aztec stadium. Yeah, can, we ask, <laughs> can we ask Lord Ramble if we can go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we shall. I think we shall indeed. Um, and the stadium has earned a, a real reputation um, for Mexico's national team as a, as a real fortress. Um, and they, they presumably they, that's before the Sven era. Well, um, <laughs> they, uh, they 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 their World Cup qualifying unbeaten streak um, ended in two thousand and one when they lost two one to Costa Rica. To be fair, they, they don't play the best in the world. No, in, yeah, in, in these games, but still. Doesn't take anything away from the stadium, though, Marcus. Does no, it? no, it certainly does not, Luke. It certainly does not. And the Brazil side that won the World Cup in 1970, you know, it, it was 24 years before we saw Brazil win the World Cup again. Yeah. And so those images have been shown so much as well. And and um, Clodaldo, I think that's how you pronounce it, he said that uh, the sight of the confetti raining down from the stands of the Estadio Azteca at the final whistle will, with, will remain with me for the rest of my days. Can oh, you imagine the scenes? Yeah. I mean, confetti coming down from that almighty stadium. Was that and um, the old um, ticker tape and stuff in Buenos Aires in 78? Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, they're the two iconic images of, 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 that, of, that, of that part of the world in terms of football for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Just slightly going off to one side. If Brazil win the next World Cup, do they get to keep that trophy? Because that's what happened with the Jules Romain yeah, trophy, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Is yeah. it the same rule for the new one? Or? Could be. Well, the Jules Romain trophy yeah. was nicked out of some cabinet in Brazil anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and, and in England as well. Yeah, Pickles be, found it. The yeah, but it was, the that was returned, wasn't it? Yeah. But the, the, some people... Apparently, um, the Jules Romain trophy when Brazil held it at the CBF, um, the Brazilian FA, yeah. it was just held in like a cabinet, right, <laughs> locked, and these, these robbers just knew it was there, came and just took the cabinet off the wall, <laughs> and just leg, <laughs> legged it, and they cut it up into pieces and put it down for, for a gold medal. For oh, gold you know, oh. you know a little bit too much about this. Well, <laughs> where was I before I was born? Mm. <laughs> well, I can I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you were gearing up for that sperm yeah. race. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few facts about the stadium. Go on. Shall please, I? Please do. Um, the approximate weight of the concrete used in the construction of the Azteca Stadium... Oh, I can see this one making the edit. <laughs> <laughs> is, to, ...is said to be in excess of 100,000 tonnes. <laughs> 
Now, another thing, another thing that you might not know about the Aztec, it is 7,200 feet above oh, sea, sea level. Yeah. Wow. Altitude's a big factor there. Yeah, actually. it is, yeah. Because you, you think of usually Ecuador and Bolivia. Well, I certainly do. I well, that's you... twice the height of Ben Nevis. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to put that into perspective. That's, yeah. You know, it's big. Yeah. If a bit of confetti fell from the top of the stadium and just sort of fell down to Kill sea you. level, kill you, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take your eye out. <laughs> like a nickel off the Empire State. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And when the construction began in 1962, they had 12 architects, 34 engineers, James, 15 technicians and 800 workmen. That doesn't seem like enough to no. me, to be honest. How long does it take? But the pitch is positioned in such a way um, to help prevent the passing of, of the sun from east to west, um, having an adverse effect on either team during daytime matches. Nice. Doesn't it just? And I shall end with a quote. Go on, please do. From Rudy Voller. Oh, that's ah. good enough for me. Yeah. The former Germany, uh, Marseille, and all other sorts of teams. As he was picking Frank Reichardt's spittle out of, yeah. his <laughs> out of his lovely permed hair. He said, uh, we lost the 1986 World Cup final in this Stadio Azteca, which, in my opinion, is the most beautiful stadium in the world. I love it. Simple as that. It will go down forever as the greatest footballing symbol there is, even though there are other footballing temples scattered around the world. That's the one for me. So Just the Azteca Stadium, stadium. come on in. Is it more a case of the Dean Windass Hall of Fame going in there? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe it is. Maybe they've moved. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's our headquarters now. <laughs> Cracking. <laughs> Barry Davis commentating over those boys in the Azteca Stadium. Don't well, get any better. For the Cup Winners' Cup. We're too good to you, for listeners. The, for the Cup Winners' Cup. We could finish now. Just for geography reasons, that's mental. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that is the end of the show. I do hope that you've all had a lovely time. Um, why not give us an email? Uh, email address is podcast at thefootballramble.com and the website is thefootballramble.com. Uh, we've got some T-shirts. Yeah, we've, on sale. I'm not selling them every week. They're no? there. Okay, if, if they're on the website. Buy them. Fine. <laughs> not continually whoring myself out for these T-shirts. Okay. Just buy them. They're good. There's uh, there's loads of stuff on there. There's, there's just a selection of clips that we discussed in this. Football sure. Rumble show, I guess. Yeah. That's what you call it. Absolutely. <laughs> Say goodbye, Pete. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Say goodbye, Luke. Cassias. Bye. <laughs> and say goodbye, James or Jim. Bye. Uh, we're all off to ride the Pete Donaldson cock trolley. Cheers. <laughs> all aboard. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.